Hi, everyone, and welcome to a barf episode of Respawn Aim Fire, where we're talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. Finally, for me at least, what? finally. I am I am here with Holden Departo as well as my <laughs> regular co-host here. <laughs> what? You are Holden Departo. Mountain Dew everywhere. I'm here with Holden Departo. Did I? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> I, I was thinking about transitioning over to my host, uh, Chad Michael Innes, over here, and then I got mixed up with the sentences. I, I am Holden Departo, and I am here with... Chad Michael Ennis. Hi, Say I'm hi, also Chad. Holden Departo. <laughs> his name was Robert Paulson. We'll just get to that. His name was Holden Departo. <laughs> and I'm also here with the fantastic video game photographer extraordinaire, Dallas. Dallas, let you introduce yourself. Howdy ho, Dallas. Howdy ho, that's, that's cowboy. It's cowboy. It's also Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. <laughs> Howdy ho. He's a cowboy. <laughs> If you like uh, Dallas's photography, or if you would like to see what it's like, you literally just look at the screen right now. If you're yeah. on Twitch or YouTube, like all of these screenshots, and there are seventy-ish of them, are all from Dallas, our little boy. Thanks, <laughs> guys. <laughs> so Dallas is the big Red Dead fan here. This is my first time playing Red Dead, and Chad is a Chad massive, just rock star fan in general. I'm a convert. Wait, what? I'm a convent convert. Of <laughs> oh. <laughs> in Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, I thought we could go around and just share. <laughs> I thought we could go around and just share like our initial impressions of the game, and then we'll start talking about the very realistic game mechanics of this game, the story of the game, the characters, also the structure of the story, and kind of how that uh in the in the world and kind of how that kind of plays together too. That'll be interesting to talk about. But Dallas, since you are the Red Dead a fishy not a super fan you're you've yeah. been begging me to play this game forever it feels like <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm a aficionado i mean I, I'm, I'm definitely a, a super fan of the game itself how many hundreds uh, of hours do you have in it um <clears throat> well it's you count online yes i don't know like 600 maybe oh my god Holy that Toledo. Counts. yeah that's an aficionado yeah. okay <laughs> well i wouldn't say like you know i don't know like everything about the game so I just know I like it a lot. It's my favorite game of all time. It is your favorite game of I, all time? I did not know that about you. Yeah. Well, you just asked us that like last week. Did I? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I, you don't remember? remember? I thought Last of Us Part 2. I was, I was very drunk on Etsy looking up no. birthday presents. So. <laughs> it's not Last of Us. Yeah, it wasn't last my was birthday, so you didn't care what I said. You only right. I was just looking for Matt's response. <laughs> oh, I knew Hold it. Also, it's not Last Matt's of Us response. Part 2. It's also not that's Last of Us Part that. 2 because Ghost of Tsushima is better than Ghost, uh, Last of Us Part 2. Oh, that's right. You and Brent are on that weird train. Okay, sorry. Continue. Yeah. It's the real train. It's not a weird train. We'll find out in August when I play the director's cut. We'll see where I land, all right? Yeah, I, love that. I, think, <laughs> I think that story and this story rival itself. Like, I just... The best redemption stories, in my opinion. Like, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love The Last of Us 2. It was fucking a masterpiece. This game is also a masterpiece. Ghost of Tsushima is also a masterpiece. I just love this game more because I got to live in a in a world that was I was free to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. You know what I mean? I was wasn't driven down this path that The Last of Us made. You know, it's two totally different games. So yeah. I enjoy the open world game. Another reason why I think I like get, uh Ghost of Tsushima more. It's just I implement myself into these games that are large open world games and i lived through them for fucking 600 hours of my life so um and i played the shit out of this game when it first launched and um i cried my eyes out when it was over it was probably 
eh, maybe like the second game that ever made me cry. Um, and I just I fell in love with the characters, the setting, the story. I I love it all. I, I don't think there's a bad thing in this game. I know you're probably gonna tear apart the mechanics and the gameplay and all that shit, but to <laughs> me, I it if you play 600 hours, you'll become a master of it. Let's just say that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, you were, I think, a little more reluctant to get into this game. I chose uh, the game this month. I don't think Chad ever would have picked this game. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take two short detours that will come back around. The first one is the detour about Chad and us the character versus Chad and us the man. There's a character <laughs> that I play. You know, Animal Crossing sucks. The game fucking sucks. That that's a, it's a character, it's heightened a little bit for emotional impact. <laughs> but but I'm going to step away from that character for this. Um, detour number two. Imagine someone wants to give you a cat. And they're like, here, adopt this cat. It's the coolest fucking cat in the world. It wears a Batman costume. It poops in the toilet. And it learns how to flush it all. It also will get up and it will make you breakfast in the morning. And oh, also, this cat rides a skateboard. And can also go to work for you. Isn't that, don't you, you want this cat? This is a fucking cool ass cat, ass cat. I don't, I don't want a cat though. Like it doesn't matter how cool it is. I don't want a cat. And that's my experience with this game. It does a lot of things really, really well, but I don't like cowboys and I don't like the West. They're stinky. The horses are boring. The horses are. It's it's a different West. <laughs> this is the West of like, hey, we love being out at the beach and like fucking being progressive. Okay. But it's like, I, I'm going to go out and shoot everybody I want and I'm going to explore the whole thousand trillion acres of nothingness and there's a deer over there and I can't wait to shoot it and I smell bad and my horse smells bad and I just love getting drunk and falling asleep on a pile of hay. Like, that doesn't, it doesn't interest me in the least. I've never been interested in Western movies, never been interested in cowboys and Indians, <clears throat> never been interested in anything cowboy related. Doesn't do it for me at all. So I was starting an uphill battle playing this game. Except for Westworld. Even Westworld, that part didn't interest me. The robot part interested me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're... <laughs> the we're progressive minds. Exactly, the progressive, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was starting with that against it. However, however, there are a lot of really amazing <clears throat> things about this game. I played all the way through. I put 15, 16 hours into it, I think. Played all the way through uh, the first few missions of Chapter 3. I didn't plan to play that much. Like, I got into Chapter 2, and I told myself, you will fucking finish Chapter 2 so you can feel like you can talk about this game, having experienced some of it. <laughs> and I got all the way to the end of Chapter 2, and I kept going. So I played quite a bit of it. It has a, a lot of really amazing things going on, but I just, it's just also literally the most boring thing I've ever fucking played. Literally. This is Chad Ennis the character is gone. This is Chad Ennis the real person being real with y'all. I have never been more bored playing a video game than when I was playing this video game. We will expand on that later. Those are my overall thoughts. Wow. I um, will bring it back to the right side of history over here, which is that this is one of the best games ever made in my opinion. Conservatives, huh? I... The right side? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i thought the the storytelling of this was in incredible um i kind of think of it as rockstar put an entire tv series together and like each chapter is like a season of that show and then kind of seeing that whole story play out over a really long period of time 
at first it's kind of like, man, this is like really, really long winded. But the more I got into that world, the more I appreciated the characters, the more it's kind of long for the ride. And then having finished it looking back, I'm like, wow, that was pretty amazing. That was pretty breathtaking. Um, it's, it's just a combination of the world, the writing, uh, the characters. As much as the realistic game mechanics felt a, like too much at times, um, I feel like it did help bring me into the world and buy into this world as as something more real than you see in in most games. I think it's definitely a gold standard in open world um, storytelling, but in a different way. If like Breath of the Wild is like completely open ended, you can do what you want. This is like a heavily structured linear story told in an open world. Um, but I'm fine with that. I think that's it's it's really good at, at doing that. And I think it's I, I just I can't wait to see what Rockstar does going forward. And I kind of can't wait now to go back to GTA five when the new version comes out and see how they handle that kind of storytelling, because that's a completely different world. And I'm like, you know, I think these guys are doing something really special. I, I adored it. Well said. That's Thank you. I'm just I've been I've been pretty okay, giddy I about this. I spoke very game eloquently, I too. I said it well. And I didn't get any praise. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess where do you guys want to begin? Like, do you guys want to start with the, the story of the game or talk about the mechanics? I feel like the mechanics is probably the most divisive part of the game. So let's let's start with that. How does do you guys feel like more games should go for this like super realistic approach? Or do you think like they just did it well enough and no one else should do it or they no one else should do it because they didn't do it well like kind of where are you guys landing I was on, on those mechanics on what they chose to be super hyper realistic and what they chose to not like you get a gun i did i thought it was going to be more often that i would have to polish my gun which i guess you could if you mm -hmm. wanted to for some reason i don't know better accuracy or something but like yeah you have to clean off the shotgun the first time you get it but also it's you only wipe one side of the barrel and then the whole thing is clean but you have to do that, but yet skinning a deer takes four seconds. And then, you know, you have to brush your horse, and, and if you're wearing the wrong clothes during the hot time of the day, then your health is lower or something like that. But also you can't change clothes on the go because it's, it's realistic, and you have to go home and change your clothes. That's not like, true. That you was... can change your clothes on your horse. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> because your horse is also towing a wardrobe, but like there's that level, and then the there are things like you know, put an outfit in the saddlebags, <laughs> not with all of your guns and shit too. Uh, so yeah, oh, yes. there's there's that level of realism, and then there's like the things that are like the things that should be super realistic, like the the um the skinning a deer, like oh it's gonna take four seconds. Okay, so it's interesting that some of these things were realistic and some of them weren't, but I do feel that. Uh, there were too many realistic things for me to keep me interested on what was important. So like the, I feel like in the future, I would love for games to pick and choose the things that are important to be realistic and, and then let you just be like, hey, we understand this is a video game and you're experiencing this and your time is limited as an adult person with responsibilities and also like you have things to do. So like I, I, would, I like them for certain parts of the game where it matters, but I felt like there were way too many things in this that didn't matter because if I didn't change my clothes, it really honestly didn't fucking matter. I didn't notice a difference between whether... I had that heat stroke little symbol flashing or whether I didn't. So there were too many things to take, to take care of that didn't matter to me. Did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, no, totally, totally. Uh, and I, I actually agree. There, there's a balance where sometimes I'm like, 
that makes that makes total sense it's i think it, it uh I think it works to like feed and kind of pet your horse and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, like you don't have to do if you don't want to, but it kind of helps the the mechanics of your uh, of your horse. Like, it'll get better over time. They kind of better care you take care of it. Um, so like, there's like I like that kind of part because it's not so intrusive. Even the eating, like, it's not so intrusive. But then like, there are odd times where they don't get the balance right and they decide to take the hand for you as opposed to letting you guide the way. So like, for example, um, your weapon, my weapons will just change on me. I'll be like, okay, here are the weapons I like to use. And then I'll get off my horse and all of a sudden I have different weapons. And I'm like, let me go back to my horse and figure this out because they, the game decided for whatever reason to give me weapons I don't normally use. And so like, it was realistic that you had to go to your horse and, and get the, um, and get your items like I like that but when the game changes the guns on you when it's just not very realistic it makes that realistic mechanic of going back to your horse feel cumbersome when it shouldn't have so there's kind of a balance I think sometimes but none of it ever broke me out but of, in the game's the defense I went today to get a, a type of screw from Home Depot I got there, got home, it was the wrong type of screw, and I was like, ah, oh, damn it, I have to go back to Home Depot. And I had to go all the way back, get a different type of screw. So like, it's very realistic that you have to go back to your horse and change your guns because you don't have the right guns. <laughs> well, here's, here's a quick little tip. If you go to the gunsmith, you could select what guns you want to be locked into your sidearm, your shoulder, or your back. He'll Why do you have a gunsmith? Exactly, because the gunsmith like... is the only guy that has super glue in the whole camp. Well, it's it's so that's where you go to to set your preference for which guns you want to be locked into those slots. Now, that doesn't Wait, change the fact that when you get off the horse, you have to go and actually equip them. But if you get off a if you get off your horse, like you don't have to scroll through the guns that you want when you get off. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you, so, if you if you're riding and you put your guns away because that's what he does because you can't ride with all that shit because it's supposed to be super realistic and all that shit. So he puts the guns away as you're like going for a ride, and then if you if when you get off your horse and you go to equip your guns again, it will go right to those guns. So if you press the L one button and hit the thing to the left, it'll equip whatever gun you had there. Same thing with the back gun on the bottom. Your sidearm is always there no matter what. You know that doesn't go away when you yeah. get off your horse; it stays there. It's so that's the one thing that I struggle with originally when I first played getting into the game was I found all these weird realistic elements that if you didn't take the time to either look it up on the internet or read through the help menu or like really try and figure it out on your own like play with the the, the controls or or the, or the mechanics systems then the game suffers a lot like i couldn't tell you how many people i knew that played the game they're like oh the menus are so cumbersome like I just want to get to my map, and if you hold down the start button, it goes right to your map instead of just pressing yeah. it, scrolling over. So it's like I wish stupid I things that. like that. <laughs> yeah, see, it's, that's what I'm telling you. It's like there's there are a lot of odd choices in this game, but I think because you know buttons are limited on the controller, and they want to implement all this ultra realistic immersion, they they had to find a way around it. So I don't know. Maybe that's why they said. All right, well, we'll put this mechanic in the gunsmith where you can equip these guns. But you guys didn't know that. How many hours did you play, Holden? You had no idea, right? 
Uh, about 70 hours. Yeah, no yeah. idea. <laughs> wait, wait, seriously, too, wait. Quick question on that. I, I might have known it, actually. When you're at the gunsmith, because I've customized my guns. I had a very specific, like, all-black aesthetic with gold trigger and gold hammer. Um, yeah. It's kind of like how I want my guns to look. And so that's why I was always upset when I when they weren't there, because it's like, fuck, these are the guns that I custom-made and spent, like, a bunch of money to look this way. Um <laughs> You could go there and I see there's like an equip button. I could say like equip to shoulder, equip to. Is that what right. you're talking about? Yes. Yep. It didn't. It didn't do anything for me. I did really? that. Yeah. So because I, so, I remember when I was there, it would equip mm-hmm. and it would equip like when I walk out, guns would be all set up. It's like when I would start a mission. It's like the game was had written itself in a way that you're supposed to use the Lancaster repeater, and if, and and it gives you that gun to use, even though I have my you know bolt rifle and my pump action shotgun that i wanted to use instead right but my okay, sidearms so are always there so you're talking about certain missions that gave you access to the new weapons that you're like i don't want to use this weapon i want to use the weapon i customized or no, just randomly they just, they would just give me an old weapon yeah that's weird yeah see i never I, that never happened to me I don't, I don't know that's weird but i know what you're talking about oh. like there's certain weapons where they're like um well you when you first find the shotgun you know, like you literally just pick it yeah. up off the mantle, and then it's in your in your inventory, and you literally just drop your old gun on the ground, and it stays there until you go back to your inventory on your horse, and you can cycle back through, and you have it that way. So, I, but I never I never experienced anything where like I got off my. So maybe it's because I know when I play this game, when I get off my horse at a place I want to be, I gotta equip my weapons before I go and do whatever. I, I would just do. go off sometimes, yeah. yeah. See, and, and that's what the $600 of this game has taught like, me. I would hit a tree yeah. stump and my horse would go, <laughs> land on its neck. and like, cool, I'm just going to run from here. And then I get down the thing and I was like, oh, fuck, my guns. <laughs> Your horse is dead. And it's not dead. It's what still mechanic... twitching over there. <laughs> did you have a horse revive or did you just did you kill it? I, like, the only time know? I ever killed a horse was in uh, online when we were playing on in online somewhere. My horse, <laughs> the scraggly nag or whatever it's called, scrawny nag. Oh yeah, died a that, lot. that dog doesn't deserve. It doesn't deserve to be around. It just doesn't. <laughs> it's a terrible horse. I didn't have to put one on one of my horses because uh, I made this stupid decision to attack a bunch of bandits, and they shot at me and shot my horse. I fell off my horse, and then I didn't have a horse revive. It was very sad, and I had to carry my saddle all the way to our Very Armadillo. realistic. I'm just having a horse revive very in your realistic. back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's another oh, example of something like, it's oh, not oh, super yeah. realistic that you can just revive a horse with something you have in your pocket. Yeah. Like, yeah. here's the, the top here's... of a carrot. Okay, you're back to life. Like yeah, that yet. kind of stuff, like, you know, health potions, that kind of stuff, like, you have to have that in a game. You kind of can't get around that. But one one that I it did bother me, because I'm like, this should feel realistic, and it doesn't to me, is wearing a mask to be incognito. I felt like all the time I'd be wearing a mask, people would still go, oh my god, it's Arthur Morgan, like, wanted for murder. I'm like, what the hell? I'm wearing this mask. It, you why? Also had the and name apparently there's on, a very specific Hello, way to is... use the mask. Yeah, the hell of my name is Tag. That's probably what it was, yeah. That yeah, one here, so, I don't know if anyone else had that. So what you got to do is, <clears throat> you want to commit a crime, say you want to go to Valentine and rob the fucking the doctor, right? Yeah. You got to put on an outfit that you've never worn to that town. You got to ride a horse into town or walk into town. Either ride a horse that you never rode into town or walk into town. And you have to <laughs> put the mask on before anybody sees you. 
That's, I mean, that's very realistic. That's very realistic. It's too much. And then it's the, too the much. next time you go back, you can't ride the same horse or you can't be riding the same outfit. Then you that's actually, I like, I think that's kind of cool. But it doesn't really cool. tell you that that's the mechanic. You know what I mean? You gotta, no, it doesn't. It no, doesn't. you got to either figure it out on your own or go fucking look it up. It makes sense, though. It does make sense because it's very realistic. And that's one thing that I love about the game is that all these people, like everything you do, people comment on, remind, remember you for, you know, like after yeah. you have that first mission in, in Valentine where you get in a bar fight and shit, like you go back there and the bartender's like, oh, like, let's not be rowdy tonight and shit like that. And like everybody's like, you know, they're talking about mm-hmm. the guy Tommy who you fucking beat to stupidity. You know, he's just sitting there. He can't even talk to you anymore because he's you just beat the shit out of him. It's like all this world building is just right up my poop shoe. I fucking put it, put it right up there. I fucking love it. It's great. Let's let's move on to the world as well because I think that's absolutely one of the. Wait, I, it's kind of be- a joke of like it's a character. Before Chad. we leave like game mechanics things, can we just talk about like why does Rockstar have to make literally every button different than any other video game ever? Like every. Like, why is clicking L3 crouching? And why is running double tapping X? And why is bringing up the map holding the start button forever? Like, that, that is something that we have agreed upon as a society. <laughs> that, like, buttons do certain things in video games. And I felt like literally every button did the wrong thing in this game. I mean, I'll, I'll agree on the, hit, like, constantly hitting the X button to run faster. Like, you can hold it down, but you have to, like, if you really want to run to the horse, I agree with that one. But like, yeah, like L three for crouch, I've seen that in games before. And holding on the start button, I've totally seen that in games before. There were also That's times when like picking things up or opening doors or opening cabinets and shit. Like sometimes it's square, sometimes it's triangle, and it it didn't seem to so make sense to me. Square is like that the interact. Well, no, square is like the open button, and triangle is the interact button. So if there's like like lighting the dynamite is triangle, but if you want to open a draw you have to hold square but like for me it, it's it just became second nature like i literally could do yeah. things in that game if it's like i'm more efficient at doing shit in that game than i am in real life like i could go like ride my horse up to the hitch drop like hitch it instantly get off pick up the fucking bounty that's on the back walk into the fucking jail and drop it on the ground easier than i could do in real life it's I mean, I mean, it's a video game, so I would hope. But it feels like I'm actually <laughs> purposefully doing these button prompts, and I know exactly how, like, the smoothness of it. Like, every animation has, like, it's, like, point where the next thing you want to do, the animation kicks in. Is I don't know. To me, it's the mechanics of this game. If you put our, hundreds of hours into it, it's, like, second nature. I think yeah, it's I can see it's perfect. It's perfect, in my opinion. <laughs> I can see both sides in this one because I think that what they had to accomplish in this game was different than what other games have to think about. This game is thinking about the realism, kind of building you into that world. A lot of games, are like, hey, how do we, you know, make the attacks easiest to get to? Um, and so it, it kind of became second nature after you're kind of used to it because you live in this world for a long time. So that I agree with. But to kind of like what Chad's saying too, like one thing that was confusing for me is opening a cabinet is square, but looting a body and getting items from a body is triangle. And like I feel like to me that is the same action. I'm looting in both cases, but like one is handled a little bit differently. And I can maybe see why 
looting they would want to be an extra step to think about because you'll lose honor if you get caught looting uh, a body. Um, so maybe like that was part of it, but it definitely is like it has its own set of rules, even though. I've seen some of it in games before, like largely they're kind of creating their own set of rules, the controls, but I, I don't know. Like, I think it, it worked well enough that when I stopped playing for like two years or yeah, like almost yeah, two years and got back into it in the middle of chapter four or the very beginning of chapter four, I was able to pick it up and I got it used to after a little while, but it definitely had a learning curve to it. So you didn't stop this over? No, I didn't. Shit. What I'm do you glad mean, you're going shit, back. Dude. To, I, I I thought you played it from the beginning. I'm glad no, you were going no, back no. to start it again, so you could play through the beginning again. I figured I would go back to the beginning at least, so I just figured I'd just jump into chapter four. So, also, I kind of largely remembered what happened. Um, from the first time you go and save Sadie, Sadie, like when you go to mm. that house and you run into the O'Driscolls and you search through her house. That's when this game was like, to me, it was like, this is on another level. Like, I, I got a little taste of that playing GTA 5, where, like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about that game when I found out that, hey, you're going to go do this robbery or whatever, this, you're going to go loot whatever it was, and the cash was separate. Like, you pick up a, a stack of cash and shove it into the bag. This is... Something that I've never experienced in a game, I think, where I'm like, this actually feels like it's just so immersive. And that's how I got, like, once I found out that that's how a lot of this gameplay was, I fucking fell in love with it. Like, when you're going through her house and you're picking up each individual item, you're shoving it in your satchel, or you get the picture and you look at, you know, flip it around, look at it. I was like, this is fucking great. I'm going to live this fucking game and it's going to be amazing and I'm going to love every second of it. And then when you go and hunt, the deer and you pick the deer up and you throw it on your shoulder and you carry it over to your horse and you strap it in. I'm like, I just like, I done that probably tens of thousands of times playing this game. And it still feels so fucking awesome. I don't know. It's the stupidest thing, but it's just like, it's so realistic. It's so fucking real to me. It's just, uh, I, I, I don't get that experience in any other game I've ever played just from picking up a deer and putting it on the back of my horse. Amazing. And going to the looting too, and you're like looting Sadie's house and, and really looting any location, every location is wholly unique. There's not like a copy and paste house that you can find somewhere where like it's all unique, it's all different. So when you're looting and exploring, it's also exciting because, yeah, you can go through meticulously and look at everything, but it's a different house every time. There's, there doesn't seem to be that – like, yes, there's a repetition in mechanic, but the there's repetition in life and the world itself feels – you know, unique that when really? you're going through right. it, the repetition doesn't get to me at all. I agree. Yeah. All over it. So Chad, it's all over it. You got <laughs> nothing to offer. See, my my issue is that whenever I came to that same exact spot with looting the house and so all I was thinking you're is running wow, into I, things. I played a much better gunfight in Uncharted One than what I just played. And so I, I was like not in this world at all. I was like, wow, that was just really bad gun mechanics. And now let me find whatever I'm supposed to find in this house. And that's it. Oh, what button do you, I press? How Why am I not shooting? pushing the same button for both actions? That's uh, that's Can all I, I was you were the whole time. Can I ask how you were shooting? Like, what was your? I would I would pull the stuff? one trigger to aim, and then I would pull the other trigger to shoot it. So left trigger would aim, and then right trigger would shoot whenever. You do I a little to. flip up to get a headshot. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, yeah, I would do that. 
did you do the thing where you can like keep holding down the left trigger or like let go the left trigger, hit it down again, and you snap to the next enemy? I would hold the left trigger and it would automatically snap to whatever enemy was in the next 50 yards from me in either direction. Okay. <laughs> like, would you do that continuously to like knock off guys really fast? <laughs> like, would you yes. do it continuously to like get guys out really fast? Cause that's, that was really fun to You're me. I love doing the that. dead eye thing where it just like, will auto mark. No, everyone. no. Like you can do if that. Unlocked, but there's also locked like, on, unlocked, locked on, unlocked instead of like yeah. locking on aiming and then like dragging your stick over to the next guy. You could just like go, kind of look towards it, click back on, and he auto aim again. Right, that's what it. Yeah, it was just I would stop aiming, and then I would just click L, and even if the guy was two hundred yards away, it would just immediately turn to him, and I'd shoot yeah. him. Oh, I found it so satisfying. I love the the combat, especially when you're on a horse and like you just got a bounty or something like that, and you're you got him alive, and all of his you know game members are coming after you now, and you're like turning around and snapping on someone, taking your start off shotgun and blowing them off the horse. Like, so I thought that was really satisfying. I loved I love those Didn't moments. Didn't do it for me. Didn't do it. Oh man, no. And just even the 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 like action of pulling back the hammer. You know, like you shoot a you shoot a fucking bullet, then you press the trigger again to to recock the gun. Like that's like. You know, it's probably annoying for most players, but for me, it was like this is just fucking. Is more that realism what was happening? I, love I, I just, I just occasionally thought my like, oh, I'm pulling the trigger too fast and it's not going to shoot this time for some reason. Oh. He was actually cocking yeah. the gun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Every gun, yeah. unless it's the semi-automatic handgun that you could get later in the game, which I'm guessing you didn't get that far. Probably. Or not, a semi-automatic. Yeah. Um, they have a semi-automatic shotgun in the game. So yeah, every so you would shoot it, shoot a bullet, and then if you press the trigger again right away, he cocked the hammer back, and then you have to press it again to shoot another another, another round. And that's like okay. just what knowing other game that, like that I would have. Sh- I mean, it 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 would have taken out a little, like a fraction of the frustration I had with it because I just thought it was just not responsive sometimes, or like oh, especially I'm trying to shoot this gun too quickly. Even when you first aim, pull out your gun, you have to cock it. You know, like, a, like if you use the carbine, you know, like he'll he'll aim it, and then if you pull the trigger, he doesn't shoot right away. He cocks it and then shoots. It's I don't know, it's crazy, man. It's just the, little, you know, the amount of detail details. they play. Yeah, it just uh, blows my mind, man. Sounds like a a wonderful, amazing cat, but I just I don't want the cat. <laughs> you don't want a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the cat's the problem. Like Fuck cats, it, it, they do a really great job with the realism and all of this kind of stuff, and, and it looks amazing, but it's just. Still a cat, to me. And, and that's the that's the thing. To me, this is these are the kind of games that I fall in love with. Like the realism is what drives me. I mean, I, it is something that I look for in games, and this absolutely. I think it definitely nails it better than any game I've played. Like in going to like to the world and all that. Every every area. And I'm talking about the town specifically. Every town just has this really unique feel to it. And then, like when you're in roads and like the the dust is going up and 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 kind of getting into the view of the trees in the distance and stuff like all that stuff is just like wow. Like each of these worlds lives and breathes. The people responding to you in these worlds. It's there's kind of two types of open world games. I think there's the it's a real world and there's like it's it's theater is the other kind. And like a really quick like test to find out which kind of world you're in a game. Point a gun at someone in the world. If they don't respond to you, you're in a theater open world. If they respond to you, 
you're playing a game like Red Dead Redemption 2 where it's like this real world and it really responds to you in it. And so, like an example, like this is always, this is actually one of the things I didn't like about Horizon was you point arrows at people and they don't they just keep dancing or whatever. And I'm like, I don't think I don't buy into this world because like you would be responding to this. Whereas like Red Dead is probably the best example of that. Where like you go into a bank, you rob the bank, you can't go into that town again because they'll recognize you because a bounty in your head and like it just takes it to this crazy degree. I loved, I loved the world of this game. And I feel like the more I put it, the, the better that world got, especially in St. Denny. When you get to St. Denny, things open up like crazy and wow. Yeah. So I didn't mean to rant. I went to transition, but I didn't ranting about the world. <laughs> that was amazing. Like that was those mechanics as as little that I care about them were astounding. And even people who are commenting on the clothes that you're wearing and the temperature outside are like, man, that looks a little hot for what for the temperature. Like that kind of stuff was really cool. And then of course mm-hmm. to play devil's advocate, there was one time, this is just a fun one-off thing that like doesn't represent the rest of the game. We were playing and I pointed a gun. I think we were playing online. Dallas and I were, and I pointed at a guy who was just like, I don't know, making soup in a cauldron or something. I pointed my gun at him and he goes, Oh no. And then he just keeps making his soup. And then I put my gun away and I pointed out and he's like, oh! And he, nothing about him. He, of course, he makes the noise like, oh, please don't shoot me. But he's just like, I'm just going to keep making my soup. And then you shot him. You put a whole fucking, all your bullets. I shot all my bullets into his soup. To be, to be fair, that was um, Gus, who is an, like, he is a important NPC in the online role. So, like, if you kill him, he's going to break the fucking game. So yeah, they don't allow you to kill him. him. I just pulled my gun on but him. You, and it wouldn't if you pulled him. your gun on any other NPC that's you know not an important role playing uh, uh, part of the game, you would kill them and give up. On the opposite side of that coin, uh, this is actually back when I first played the game back in 2018. Um, there was one awesome like random NPC encounter where I had to go collect a debt for the gang. I go there and the guy's not being cooperative, so I just start beating the crap out of him. This is by Emerald Ranch. And this one NPC goes, Oh my god, that guy's beating the shit out of this other dude, or something like that. And I'm thinking, Oh no, he said, Oh my god, that guy's robbing him. That's what he yelled. He's like, This guy's robbing him. And I'm like, I'm not robbing him. The guy owes me money. He's like, What I literally <laughs> said out loud. And then Arthur <laughs> responds back to the guy and says, I'm not robbing him. He, he owes me money. I'm, he's paying back a debt. And I'm like, What the fuck? That's what I just said. <laughs> uh, but it was a really cool like moment where it's like, it felt like the system failed for a second and then it totally redeemed itself. It was oh. great. So yeah. Samsung TV is listening to everything you say. just repeats you yeah so once i in my opinion once i learned the mechanics of the world that's when it's it blew you know it's the best world ever yeah it created a video game especially once i learned i spent hours um at the emerald ranch uh fence we bring the stage coaches in Mm -hmm. i would that's how i made Thousands of dollars over there because what I would do is I would just basically troll that little area for stagecoaches. But I learned the mechanics of the witness program or the witness uh, mechanic where if you prompted, if you did a crime and it prompted a witness to witness it and go to report to, to, the, to the law, you would have the opportunity to get their attention, threaten them until they um, agreed to not get the law for you. Or you just kill them and made sure nobody saw it. And if somebody saw that, then you kill them. If they didn't, you know, so like I would do that for hours, just sit in that area 
clean up all the stagecoaches, rob all the people that said they were going to go tell the law, kill all the people that didn't stop when I told them to stop. And I, so I learned that mechanic and I saw a lot of people complaining when the game first came out about like, you know, how do I stop myself from getting these bounties and all that shit? And it, it just made me realize that if you don't learn the mechanics of the world, then this game doesn't resonate as well. Like once you learn, mm -hmm. especially that mechanic in particular, because I think I spent a lot of time and it drove my honor like all the way down. So when I played this game the first time through, I was the most dishonorable you could be going into chapter six. And, you know, I made it a point to get back to honorable by the end of the game so that I could have a decent ending to the, to the story. So in my opinion, if, if there was a right way to play the game, that that's the way you play like a scumbag outlaw until you get the news and then you go on that redemption trail and I didn't know if I'd have enough time story-wise to get back to. I mean, I guess there is ways to kind of glitch the system. Like you could catch fish and throw them back and it'll raise your honor and shit like that. So there is ways that you could <laughs> get through to the end by cheesing the system. But I didn't murder countless end. people, robbed so many banks, and but he threw Just some fish back. Fish. So yeah. he redeemed you, everything you about his character. You get into town and everyone's like, oh my god, that's Arthur Morgan. I heard he threw back 45 fish. What a great <laughs> What a good guy. <laughs> And actually, you could just walk around town and and greet people instead of like antagonize them, and that'll raise your honor too. But you know, so I learned the mechanics. I learned what made me dishonorable, what I did that was wrong. Like you could loot anywhere, any anybody anywhere, and you still get a dishonorable ranking. It doesn't matter if somebody saw you. If somebody sees you do it, then you get they'll go run to the fucking the law, and you'll get a bounty. But if you so like. I robbed and looted everything and everyone until I realized, like, fuck, like, I don't want to be a scumbag. <laughs> so, like, if I killed someone, I didn't rob them. I, I didn't loot them. I let their fucking shit stay with them. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what made this game the best, in my opinion, is the world. Once I learned the mechanics of the world, it was like, this is, it all made sense. You know what I mean? Like, it, it all, there wasn't a mechanic that I was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Um, and it played out perfectly, in my opinion, been any better. So Ted, you got to, I think, Rhodes, I believe. Be where you were in the game. Not story-wise, like in the, the world. Name of a place? Yeah, so I think, because um, you, you're in Valentine in Chapter 2, and then after Chapter 2, you go to Rhodes, I believe. So the next kind of town, like south of That's Valentine. Like the new camp that you get. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, the Horseshoe you... Overlook camp, the other camp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's some guys like I want to marry this girl, or we're in a relationship, and women's rights and that kind of stuff. And yeah, is that in Rhodes? Does that all happen in Rhodes? Yeah, it's in yeah. Rhodes. Yeah, okay. that was a great then mission. Yes, I was the mission, the woman's suffrage mission. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, that's did you one. happen to see the death of? Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but whatever. Well, this the is death a spoiler, spoiler cast. cast. Yeah, okay. go for it. Well, for you. Personally. Oh, I'm not going to play anymore. He's not going to play. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so did you witness the death of Sean? Is Sean the boy who was in love with the girl? Who is Sean? Sean is the... I don't know anyone. Right, so knows. Sean is the Irish dude that you save. Um, you go on the mission with Javier and Charles. And he's, he's, he gets captured in Blackwater at the beginning of the game. And you go and rescue him from the uh, bounty hunters. He's like hung up on the tree. 
And then when you get to chapter three in Rhodes, there's a mission where you guys are all walking through town and he gets fucking shot right in the head. Like, in a cutscene. No, I like, it there. So, I mean, whatever. But I think from that point on, I'm like, this game is like no holes bar. It's going to get fucking crazy here. And, and I think I think even Holden agreed, like, chapter three is when shit is like, it's not yeah, that the- slow, boring bullshit. I mean, there's, a, there's still a lot of that. You could still like drag it out, but like that's when the mission structure gets a lot more intense um, and manic and fun. And specifically, the end of chapter three, where you go to the plantation and just wreck shit, is amazing. It's one of the highlights of the game. They kidnap Jack, John's and Abigail's son, and you have to go to the Braithwaite mansion and like get him back but you basically set the whole fucking place on fire you kill everybody you kill braithwaite the woman so like the yeah woman, like you fucking it's it gets crazy man yeah i agree from that point on the story is when it kind of hits its hits its stride i was just i was asking chad about like the rose center just kind of get an idea of like what part of the world you had you had seen yet at that point um like he had you gone over you know to saint denis and that kind of stuff um I did St. Denis whenever we were all yeah, just okay. killing people at Dallas's house for fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. That's right. I've been there, right. I think, okay. in online once or twice as well. Probably. Mm-hmm. I think St. Denis is one of my favorite locations in, in that game. Just the, the, the lighting at night is uh, it's, it's so beautiful. It looks crazy good. I, I have a hard time believing this was running on a base PS4 well. But it was. It ran really well on a base PS4. Hashtag cyberpunk. And that's just, it's a, f- a feat. It really is. Um, I, I, there is one thing that's kind of, the cities themselves, I think, stand out to me. Like each area, like town stands out to me. One thing, though, is that the, like the open landscapes, I couldn't, how do I put this? Okay, so like comparison. Breath of the Wild, I feel like you could show me literally any location in Breath of the Wild, and I could point to a map and be like, that's here. That's like, that's the Akala region. Oh, I recognize those trees. That's where the Zonai ruins are. Like, I could tell you where certain things are in that game. Whereas this, I could tell you each town. I could tell you, like, oh, that's absolutely, um, like, Van Horn. That's St. Denis. That's Valentine. I could do that. That's Blackwater. But, like, locations of the overworld, I could tell you sometimes where they were. But so so often I'm like that's just a field of green with a nice mountain in the background. <laughs> um, that's the kind of only one thing is like I loved the world. That was the one thing about the world that was kind of lacking for me is so much of it felt the same, and there was so much space between everything that it didn't feel like some of the areas had like a unique personality outside of like entire regions like where emerald ranches that whole area is just like a big open green field which is distinct from the marshes um by like saint denny like some areas are absolutely recognizable but a lot of it felt the same to me so i think probably the issue there is it's broken up into states um yeah and and in my my opinion all the states are different but the states, yeah, of course, big, yeah. especially the heartlands, like that area is so big, it's like all a lot of the same look. Mm-hmm. You know, plains, yeah. mountains in the background, um, you know, rivers and and streams here and there. But you know, when you when you experience a section of that map for a large amount of time, basically what I did was I played a lot of I made myself a mountain man. 
the first time I played through, like literally <laughs> grew his beard out, his hair out, and I just lived in the mountains. It was times where I spent so much time hunting in the mountains that dudes from the camp, like Javier, would come riding and find me. They'd be like, hey, where you been, man? It's good, good to know you're okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? The camp misses you. Like, you should come back sometime. And I'm like, all right. And you, you either have the option to go back with him right then, it's just cut scene to get back there, or you can be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, come, I'll, I'll see you around. And I would just spend weeks up there. I just camp out up there. So like those areas came very recognizable to me. Um, you know, and um the grizzlies, the the tall trees. So like, you know, each state has its own little area, you know, like counties to it. And I could yeah. I could tell you like you show me a picture of anywhere on that map and I'll tell you where it is. Cause I spent I mean, how many time did you spend in Breath of the Wild? That's a good point. Yeah, I spent about 300 hours Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So there are things that are distinctly di- different in my opinion. Um, but I spent way more time there and experienced mm-hmm. almost everything. So. No, I can definitely agree that each state definitely has its its own unique feel to it. I can agree to that for sure. Chad, it's only um, been the one state. So. Was it only in one states? state? Why were some of the ones that no, were no, you went to t- attacking you went to t- me then? Okay. It was all beautiful. It was all so gorgeous. In fact, that was one of the things I was kind of disappointed in a little bit is I wanted to be able to absorb that beauty a bit. Like, for instance, playing God of War 2018, one of the things that I think made that a better experience for me is that I turned off all of the HUD and I just played that game just so immersive like that. And I wanted to do that with Red Dead Redemption 2 as well because I just wanted to soak it all in. And then Holden was like, you should turn on your mini-map. You should turn on your mini-map. <laughs> you didn't get there. Did you? And I was like, fine, I'll fucking turn on my mini Because you can't do anything you without the mini-map. The mini-map. Yeah, you, you have to have it open. You need to have it. And, it's like, and then I found that like 75% of my attention is just focused on one tiny corner of the screen instead of everything else mm-hmm. that I want to be looking at instead. And so I was a little disappointed yeah. by that because I wanted to play it no HUD as much as possible. But you just can't impossible i totally totally agree with you like again going back to birth of the wild like you could give you know i would say okay i see a point on the map and go okay i see it over there i'm gonna head to it and i could figure out a way even if i went off the beaten path a little bit i I knew how to get back whereas because you're forced to take the roads you could take the you could just run through fields if you wanted to but i feel like the game works better if you run on the trails because you run into strangers that kind of stuff and i agree with chad completely where it's like i spent all my time looking in one corner and not looking at the rest of the world all the time when that's what I really wanted to do. And I know you could probably listen to NPCs who will tell you exactly where to go. I think I heard somewhere that you can do that and know where to go. But I'm like, that sounds like a pain in the ass, considering how long some of the treks are to right. to go. I, I couldn't memorize all those steps. Uh, I mean, I, I, the only time, sometimes I'll just hit the compass. Like you could make the mini map just a compass. And yeah. if you put a marker on the map itself... It'll show like a little red uh, area of direction that you need to head. So like if you follow the fucking trails, you could be going the total long way around that way if you're not paying attention. But yeah, it's um, I, you're right. You need I think in my opinion the best stay on the trails. Like I was yelling out, um, yelling, who's that yelling? Brent. Yeah, yeah Brent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the best. It's the best thing, especially like if you don't want to kill your horse, that's the best thing to do. Stay on the trail. But you run into. There's not a lot to do on some of those long rides, but if you want something to do, you should probably stay on the trails because that's when you run into people that yep. you know people that need help or just random people running through that you or a bobcat that's going to attack you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's as a photographer, 
I spend a lot of time just looking for beautiful spots anyway. So I, I you know, I'm not concentrating on that map as on the mini map as much, but I, I could definitely see why. Let's talk about the story, or even actually before we get to the story, on the trails we meet strangers. Where's where some of the strangers? There's our stranger tales. Some of the strange, blah, strangers tales that you found that uh, that you enjoyed. Chad, did you find any? I none. If I heard somebody yell, "Oh my god, please help!" I was like, I don't fucking care about you. I care. 10% oh. about this person that I'm on my way to, I care 0% about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that I think that misses on a really, really magical part of the game. Some of the best stories, I think, come from the Stranger Tales, in my opinion. And they should have put it in the main game. No, it wouldn't have worked in the main game. Um, I, I have one that I'm thinking of in particular, but Dallas, I'm curious which ones you have. What are some of your favorite Stranger Tales? Um... Uh, I I enjoyed the uh the veteran one like that was one of the funnier ones yeah. I think, in my opinion you know you run into him in, in Valentine at the beginning and he he just like wants a hug and you're like you know I accepted I was like all right so I, you know you get off your horse and like everybody's just standing there watching you give this calmless <laughs> veteran a hug um uh, so, so I don't really remember much of them. I don't know how many I've played through so far since I started replaying recently. But you mentioned some, I'm sure it'll rejog my memory. The veteran one's funny. I played, I'm pretty sure I played all of them because there aren't any more popping up on my map. I looked at the list online and I feel like I got all of them. Um, but the veteran one's a funny one. What a weird ending, though. You literally just dies and then you just leave his body there and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> it was so like yeah it was really weird he dies from um, your hug no no, 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 no. So you're you, see dead? <laughs> you you see him again yeah. okay yeah and you, you like go on like hunting trips with him you gotta hug him in you go, like, town? On hunting trips oh <laughs> uh, wait are you oh no. so you're talking no you're talking about um oh i know who you're talking about now that's not who that's not even who i meant but that is the best one in my opinion because you get his horse did you take his horse no. Blue? His horse blue? No. I didn't take his horse. Ooh, dude. I took his horse. horse? Fucking great. His best horse. Well, so there's one other horse that's better, in my opinion, in the game. The best horse in the game is you could um you can find him up in uh the Grizzlies near that lake that you first go when um when the game first starts and you're near that lake. Mm -hmm. If you go back up there, you can find a white um uh, uh shit. I forgot what kind of horse it is, but it's the best horse in the game. It's the fastest horse. It's got the best stamina. Um, that technically is the best horse in the game. But in my opinion, the horse you get from the veteran that dies after you do all those missions with him, it was my favorite horse. And I should have gotten him. Damn. So the question I had for you when you finished was, did you did your horse die at the end of the game? Yes. Okay. Did you go back to him? No, I didn't. <gasps> so I think if you have a high bond, I'm not sure if it depends on what your bonding level with your horse is. Were you on the mm -hmm. horse that you used throughout the game? Yes, I never changed horses. What, what horse was it? The Tennessee Walker, I think. <laughs> so was it the horse that you get at the beginning of the game when you, you find I'm it in the, pretty sure it was in the pretty barn? Sure, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but so yeah, you probably had the highest level bonding you could with it, obviously, if you used it throughout the whole game. Um, 
if you go back to it when it get when you get shot off your horse when you're escaping with John, you have this like mm-hmm. cutscene where like you go and like thank it as it's dying, like you pet it, and you like give it a little kiss and you like and he just whispers thank you. Dude, it's like, I was, and Holden's just I like, ah, shit. fucking leave it. I don't even remember its <laughs> yeah, name. Like, it's a Tennessee well, no, Walker. I was, I was being chased by the Pinkertons. I had to go. I had to go. I was like, I'm, I'm going, going back to horse. that because it was blue. I was like, I'm going back. I'm gonna. I had to see if it was okay. I gotta get all my clothes off of it. <laughs> <laughs> and all my weapons. They're just like real um, life. They'll magically show up in the next horse you get. No, don't worry. Right. Yeah. You don't get a horse after that. You get a horse in, in the sky. No, I wish I had gotten. Guy. I wish I had gotten blue because I. I that makes that the ending of awesome. that story make more sense. Yeah, because I just saw us. Yeah, he will. He died because we were chasing some animal, and the animal killed him. And then I killed. I you know avenged him. I killed mm-hmm. the animal back, and then I'm like, is is, this, is that it? And it's like it's just dead bodies right there. I'm like, oh. I guess I just walk away. It's the end of the story. I couldn't pick him up to like bury him or anything. I'm like, all right, just walking away. Let's go, Tennessee <laughs> Walker. Um, uh, but, so my my wife just got home. I got to take a piss. Give me one second. All right, I'll, okay. I'll mute the mic so that you guys don't hear this chaos. No, can we please? You want it? <laughs> right, I'll be right back. I don't need to hear you pee. <laughs> um, one of my my favorite Stranger missions. Um was one I found in uh, Murphy County or Murphy County, Murphy County tour in the ch- in chapter six. And you just come across this one guy who's yelling on the side of the road, like, Hey, Hey, hey. just like yelling. And I'm like, all right, let me go over and see this guy. And he's pointing and he's not saying anything. He's just pointing in one direction. So I, I figured, all right, this guy's nuts. He's like super drunk or something. Uh, I put him on my horse and I brought him to where he's pointing. And there's this little like town and they're all weirded out by me but they're thankful i brought their friend back and they said you better be careful out there because you're gonna get cursed and arthur morgan's like what the hell are you talking about and then i leave and then a little while later i get a mission icon saying i should go back to that location so i'm like oh cool i really want to know more about this town where they were talking about a curse so i go back i'm talking about the town that thinks they're cursed in murphy county i don't remember that it's a stranger mission, so maybe uh, I might be spoiling a lot for you here. No, it's um, So I go back to the town and think about how cursed it is, how terrible the curse is. And then this guy comes up who is you know, wearing Native American garb, and he's talking like, oh, yes, beware in the woods. You know, there's the, the evil curse out there. And, and like, oh, my God, here comes the curse right now. And just these dogs come running in, and they start, like, you know, barking at people. What? And just as Arthur, you just shoot them all down. And they're like, oh, my God, you saved us from the curse. And they start to love me. But then the guy the in the Native American garb is like, no, 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 he can't be trusted. He is a demon. And he's like, I'm not a demon. There's no curse. What are you guys talking about? He goes, don't listen to his lies. And I'm like, this this is weird. I don't know what's going on in this town, but this Native American guy is clearly telling this whole town, like, blatant lies. And... You end up doing a few things where, like, he says that, like, there's dream catchers out in the... Or he doesn't call them dream catchers, but there are dream catchers that are out in the woods. You have to shoot them all down to get rid of the curse. You go back and say, well, the curse is gone now. And um, one of the people in the town says... You start voicing your, like, suspicions of this Native American guy someone in the town. And they're like, no, he's a cool guy. And I'm like, well, isn't there anywhere that he's 
kind of try to keep you guys from? He goes, oh, he just says don't go over to like that area over there. And he points to like this waterfall. You go to the side of the waterfall and it's a, there's actually a mine down there. And in the mine you find there's actually um, arsenic in the water, which is bleeding into the waterfall and by the water source for this town. So you kind of realize, oh, that's the curse. That's what people are like. That's why they're they're uncomfortable and 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 people have died apparently is because this water is poisoned with arsenic. So you go back and the Native American guy is making all of these people sign a document um, to um, to basically take away liability from this mining company who was mining over there and it messed up and put arsenic in there. It turns out the guy's not Native American at all. He was just pretending to be Native American to fool this town into thinking that there's a a curse going on. And you kick his ass and he gets away. And I don't know. It was awesome. But like that was just I came across all of that because some guy was yelling on the side of the road and I decided to find out what was going on with his yelling. And it's just like that was really cool that behind that one, like I could have just gone past that and I never would have found it ever. Um, but I decided to find out what's going to happen. And then I ran into that kind of cool little quest line. That was really, really awesome for me. That is um and it's actually pretty common that that happens. Like all the stranger quests seem to have resulted in something. Not all of them, but a good chunk of them seem to have resulted in that kind of story where it takes you somewhere is a full on mission structure to it. And that was, that was impressive to me. That made the world very believable. I think I've Which one just was been, Do you know what the name of that one was? Holden? It takes me to Murphy County. Um, let me see if I can find it. I think I've just lived in big cities enough of my life that I know if someone's just yelling at me from the side of the street going, hey, hey, it just means they're homeless and they're bored or on drugs and you just keep walking. And the, I There's some it. of those <laughs> in the game too, so. Yeah, and I, I don't, even if I'm, like, what really surprised me is Arthur Morgan, when I played him, it was like, he's not a good guy. He's bad. So he's not just going to like, oh, okay, friend who's screaming on the side of the road, let me take you to your home and tuck you into bed and give you a little kiss and put a chocolate on your pillow. Like, no, he's just like, fuck that guy. In fact, you're lucky I didn't just shoot you in the head right now for fun. Yeah. I, because So there's, like, legitimate stranger missions like that, and then there's those people that that need help. Like, I've ran into guys who've gotten bitten from by a, a snake, and they come, like, running out of the woods, and they're like, ah, I need some fucking help! And then, like, you have two options. Like, give them health medicine. Well, you have three. It's like, ignore them, give them some health medication, or um, suck the venom out of them. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's like those little things, too, that make the world... Like, I was riding down the fucking trail, and sure enough, there's this woman... She's screaming for help, and she's trapped underneath her horse. The horse just died. She, she, so you, like, help her get out. And she's like, you could offer a ride back home. And you take her home, and she tells you this whole story about how, like, um, she was she had to borrow her friend's horse to ride out to this man who wanted to give her a job um, because her husband left her, and, and her and her kid can't get by. So, like, it's, like, all this crazy stuff that you if you just heard her yell and you rode by, you'd miss all this, like immersive stuff i can't find the name yeah, of this mission I, are you sure that wasn't just a regular mission it was four parts yeah well instead of like a stranger mission it was just an actual mission in the game well like i think it was an actual mission but it west it's just, the stranger a, missions are like collect the cards well okay um, so let me clarify what i mean by that you find that mission by interacting with the stranger just like the normal stranger missions 
So like you hear okay. someone yelling on the side of the road, you go talk to them, but then it resulted in, and that was actually just started off with a pretty trip, uh, typical stranger mission, which is you take the person to their home. Like, oh, my horse like fell over. I need to be taken home. Like oh, it yeah. just was kind of like one of those. Like this guy is super drunk. He's pointing in one direction. I guess I'll take him over there because there's a town over there. And then it tells you to go back to that town later on. And then the kind of the mission starts from there. So it starts off as a stranger mission, but then it expands to just something yeah. larger than that. But I can't find out where it is. It was in Murphy County. But I can't find the name of it. I can't remember what it's called. It's going to bug me. <laughs> um, I mean, even when you go to the camp, like if you sit and chill at the camp and listen to the stories from you know your gang members, like some of the stuff is is awesome. Like just stuff mm-hmm. that you think is just nonsense of them putting in dialogue to like fill silence is is legit backstory. To like some mm-hmm. of these characters, um, and and some of it's hilarious. Like I, th- there was one encounter where I forgot what happened. It was I think I wrote it down. It was it was um, the Reverend. It was right after saving the Reverend from getting drunk and stumbling onto the train track. You get back to the camp, and Uncle is like giving him a hard time about something, and he says something that like literally made me laugh out loud. Um. He- <laughs> Oh, okay. Reverend and Uncle got into an argument, and Uncle asked him if he was gonna howl at it at another moon because he's always drunk and acting a fool. And he's like, "Are you gonna howl at another moon like this one?" And he turns around and he opens up the little flap on his fucking pajama pant <laughs> thing, and like moons like shaking his ass at him and stuff. And I'm like, "This is just a random like interaction that they're having at the camp that like you could just not even witness." If you just walk the other way instead of stand, like I stood there and watched the whole argument happen. <laughs> and he fucking shakes his ass at him. It's like, as Reverend's like <laughs> all pissed off at him. And, you know, Uncle's a character anyway. So it was, I was just was like blown away. Like this, these little things like this is, makes this game fucking so much better. Yeah, the, the campsite's a lot of fun to just stick around and see what, what happens there, absolutely. Even just when you're walking through it and awaiting a mission and someone calls your name and just like wants to let you know something, like hey! cool moments there, absolutely. Um, we should Boy! probably jump into the story. So you've been talking to the game about almost an hour and haven't talked about mm-hmm. the story once. But I think it goes to show how much is, is in this game and how much there is to talk about. Um, so in terms of the, the story, Chad, you... We're just kind of starting out with the story of the game. What happened from what you saw? Um, so there was like four hours of looking at horse butts, trying to pay attention to people talking with their faces away from me. And <laughs> so I didn't catch much of that for the first part of the game. But then it did like there were actual cutscenes, and and the story started to progress a little bit more. And I started to get a little bit. I, I was able to pay attention more. Um, so that started. We got our new camp. We we, you know, went and robbed that train and then the boy and the girl and the mansion and all that. And that's it. That's about as far as I got. Oh, we all saved right. the, or we, we went and tracked down the, the boy. We went and pretended to be lawmen, went and helped track down the boys who were trying to jump on the train. And, uh, when you just push them off oh, the train, I yeah. guess that immediately means they get captured and arrested, even though no one's coming to get them. But you know, that <laughs> I, I did that as well. Chad, did you enjoy the drunk, the, the mission you go on with Lenny? Yeah. You just go and get drunk. No. I, I think because that. you guys overhyped it. Because you were just, oh my God, there's a mission with Lenny in chapter two. You're going to fucking. And I got there. I was like, oh, this? Is this the thing? 
and yeah, I was I was not as impressed by it. In my opinion, it's the best drunken experience in any video game in my. Yeah, I agree with that. It was a very it was a very good representation of being drunk in in a video game for sure. I just like because of how unique that mission is compared to the others. Where like you're running through the saloon trying to find Lenny, and you'll like walk in on uh, a guy and a prostitute, and they're like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like that whole like whole moment was like fucking hilarious. You get in the drunk fight outside the bar. Like it was that was such a fun mission. I love well, that you're, mission. You're looking for him, and all the all the all the you know bar. Uh, people are everybody that's there like all the patrons are like churning like it's his face yeah, like, yeah. Uh, i love yeah. that every i did like that every single person eventually became some what was his name lenny lenny yeah, yeah. so yeah. sometimes he would he would look at it and that person's name would be like loony or like lenty yeah. or like yeah. lamby or just, something like that yeah he's like mumbling some word yeah uh, it was it was awesome everything about yeah. that valentine section made that game like so unique you know, I just remember riding into that town and be like, this is like, I've, I've literally, it feels real. Like, it, it, yeah. did you know that you could follow an NPC around and they like live a day cycle? Like they don't just, mm-hmm. you know, do normal NPC game shit. Like they actually, you know, some of them have a job and they, some of them, you know, like you could follow one. I mean, I've never done it, but from what I read, you could. But it seems like you see some, certain people doing the same kind of things. Like you'll, like this one guy that's kind of always going to the bar at a certain time, you know, and it's not just game mechanic shit. It's like, it's real life fucking thing, you know, it's, it's crazy. It, it feels like a real town. Yeah. The Valentine is a, I think it's a good first. It's the first major town. I think you hit in the game. I think you go to strawberry for a little bit in the beginning. I think that's where you get Mike. You, you, uh, yeah. Break Mike out of jail. Bastard. Mike is the worst. Yeah, he's terrible. He's not. He's uh, spoilers for chat, but he's actually an uh, informant for the free police. Told you. He seemed like a douche. Yeah, well, because he is a douche. He's also racist as fuck and just yes. not a good person all around. Fucking piece of shit. Um, yeah, he's a huge piece of shit. I'm just so um, glad he didn't kill me. I would have been like, I would have hated that game if he killed me. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that for sure. Yeah. So the first few chapters is. Really just introducing you to the gang's per- predicaments, it felt like. Like, they're on the run. They're constantly being cornered by, you know, civilized society because civilized society is kind of growing around them. Um, and that's kind of like being introduced. And I feel like in chapters four, five, and six is when you start seeing, like, the the culmination of that. Um, it's a slow burn story. And I at first kind of think, like, it's too slow. Like this is not progressing like meaningfully from mission to mission, um, but I kind of feel like I wasn't appreciating the journey as much as I was looking forward to getting to the destination, and I'm kind of looking forward to playing it again and appreciating more of that journey along along the way because I kept kind of wondering myself like, oh, when's this next plot point going to happen? When's this next thing happen? I feel like I lost a lot because when kind of what Chad was saying like at the beginning, it's like people were just talking. And like, what were they even talking about? I felt that when I first played the game. But the second time playing, because I played the first few hours again after beating it, I immediately connected to what they were talking about and the stakes of what they were talking about. And I could see how like future conflicts that happen in, in the sixth chapter are already actually kind of starting to brew in that first chapter. 
but it's not obvious. And I feel like the the first half of the story could have done a better job at at that. But I actually think that them not doing that also made the world more believable as opposed to it being about these plot points. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of like conflicted in that way. But that's like a minor gripe because I think overall the story is fucking incredible. Like it, it's especially the the end of it is just amazing. Um, once you get back, so like at this one point you like you. In chapter four, you do this like big heist, which was an amazing heist. Lenny dies, which is a really shocking moment. I won't Jose forget dies. that. Yeah, Dude, Jose, that fucking destroyed me, man. Because he he reminds me of my papa so much. Just just mm-hmm. like his appearance mostly, and his yeah. like fatherliness of the whole situation. I mean, obviously, my papa wasn't like a fucking outlaw, but that's besides the point. And <laughs> Good that, cover. He really was. <laughs> He's still on the one to this day. <laughs> that whole mission was like. Tough to see some of the best characters in the game down. Yeah. Even Sean. Sean was awesome too. I, I love them all. I think Charles I is my favorite. I remember Sean too much. You don't Charles remember Sean? Is, I love Charles. Well, Sean I, dies is... very early, so I can see why you don't remember him, but he was awesome. That's too. why I want to go back. When you first save him, he's hilarious. Like him and Arthur, like mm. it, it's weird because it's hard for me to understand if Arthur is just a jokester. Or he's really because they always bust his balls about being a grumpy asshole, a grumpy old bastard. But like, mm-hmm. he's like very playful with a lot of the gang members. So it's hard for me to realize, like, understand if if he really is just a douche or if he's very playful and they that's like they banter back to him. They just call mm-hmm. him an old grumpy bastard. Um. Uh, yeah, Sean. Sean was great. They were all great. Yeah, continue. No, you're you're fine. Just like the the Lenny moment really got to me because just how it's introduced and how it plays out, like they kind of just get you running along the rooftops and saying, "Do you need to get away from the Pinkertons?" And then they bust out of a door and shoot Lenny like in game time. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like that moment was crazy. It felt so sudden how they did it. Um, and then you get to the whole like getting onto a deserted island because the boat you escaped on like crashes and then coming back in the redemption arc and finding out your tuberculosis like things in four or five episodes or episodes chapters four five and six like really ramp up and I think that's where like the storytelling is at its absolute best the way they introduced Arthur's tuberculosis and the way I played through it was perfect because I had gotten back from. The deserted island, or not deserted island, where was it? It was um, Guarma. Guarma, yeah. And um, and I'm like, I let my had my beard had obviously grown out because I was there for a while. My hair had grown out, and like I hadn't had time because the mission structure to go back to a barber. I'm like, oh, there's this mission in Saint Denis. I'm gonna go do. Let me go to the barber there, and I get cut, and I'm looking in the in, well in the barber's chair. Like, look at Arthur's eyes, and I'm like, man, Arthur looks fucking terrible. Like, he looks really bad. He looks really tired. I'm like, well, he's been through a lot of shit. And then I start walking in the streets to the, my mission, and then Arthur collapses. And there's this whole, like, thing of someone walking up to the streets and trying to pull him up. And we got to take you to a doctor. And then you go to the doctor, and you get the, you know, diagnosis for tuberculosis. And he just, like, the way that it was introduced very naturally for me in gameplay, it was probably an accident that it worked out that way. And I noticed it like that. Or was it? I have no idea. Um, but it was I'm like that was really well done. Where like the story was told within the context of something I'm normally doing in the game, and then there was a consequence for that that was surprising. Um, 
and and how and surprising and how they introduced it. I was just that was a really really cool moment for me. And then you start to kind of look back at the the past few chapters and thinking back to what you did and are you a redeemable person? And then like the redemption part of the story starts to kind of come in and I'm like it was a long build up to get to this, but it was really really well done. Um like that's there's so much to talk about the story. Like I couldn't possibly talk about all of it now, but like that got to me a lot. And then just Dutch Vanderlyn's story. I think Dutch is probably the best character in the game outside of Arthur Morgan. Um, he's just just seeing his full arc. I can't. I, they have to make his story for the third game. They have to. It's too. It's too good to do a prequel of him building up the gang. All that. I need it. I don't know. I've been talking a lot. I feel like there's just ah. Um, there's just a lot to talk about. There's yeah, a lot I, to the story. I completely agree. I think from the moment you get back from Guama, the mission structure and the storytelling is just perfectly intertwined. It makes it seem like it's, you know, like the open world part of the game is actually uh, 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 like a, a, a whole mission. Like it's, I don't know, yeah. like you said, how you were walking down the street and you collapsed like that. Same thing happened to me. So it wasn't just, you know, it was by design that that was supposed to happen and it worked out perfectly. Mm -hmm. Same thing with me too. I was all, that was the first time I had shaved when I came back. I was like, all right. Oh, like, really? Yeah. I shaved, I got a haircut. You know, I had the full grown beard and full grown hair like at that point when I got back. I was like, I'm going to go get a haircut. I know that, you know, this is chapter six, like this towards the end of the game. Let me at least look presentable for the rest of it. And, um. Same thing. I was looking in the mirror. I was like, dude, he does not look healthy. Like, what's what's going on? And, and I I knew that he gets TB because I, I had it spoiled for me, but mm -hmm. I didn't know when you find out or or how it happened. You know, because I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can find out later how it happens, but you don't know when it happens. It happened. You know what I mean, yeah, um, yeah, yes. Yeah, it was that whole chapter six was perfect. It made that game right. That was the reason why I think it's the best story in gaming I've ever played. Is that whole redemption arc in that last chapter. Yeah, it absolutely is up there for me. It's um it gets like one of those stories I think have only been told in a video game. In in the way that it was told. Um it's it's just really, really well done. And it kind of goes back to the whole idea too of it's like it's a TV show. Like it's not a TV season, it's like a whole show. And you have these arcs in, in these character transformations happening over the course of, I mean, what, 50 hours of content. Like, that's that's as long as a really solid TV series. Um, it's, yeah, it's miraculous. It's miraculous they're able to pull this off. I don't know how they, they planned this. Like, it's just, it's nuts. Lots of crunch. Lots of crunch. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Lots of crunch, yeah. And pulling in, I looked, at this, I looked this up, they pulled in every single Rockstar studio to work on on this game. So it used to be like, oh, why do they release, you know, three game like three GTA games on PS2? It's like, well, because they had so many studios making the games. Now all those studios are making one game one at the game. same time. Holy shit. The production quality in this game is the best in the world. It's absolutely yep. like the seamless For transition. World, yeah. Right. True. The seamless transition from gameplay into cinematics, you know, like you get that little the view zooms out, the bars come in, and then all of a sudden you're yeah. in like a, a cinematic cutscene. It's like flawless. It's yep. top notch. And, and the characters. That... Sorry, keep going. 
Well, just the characters alone are some of the best characters I've ever had. I mean, besides like Mass Effect, where I'm playing through that now too. So, but the relationship you garner with these characters in an open world structure like that is unmatched. Mm -hmm. Do you think the resources that they put into this and and the crunch that they had to go through to create it? And then not seeing anywhere near the return that they see for GTA Five. Like, do you think that they're going to make uh, another game in the same vein, whether it's in the same series or just like as realistic as this and another IP? Or do you think they're I like, think so. oh, let's stick with something a little less resource intensive and just make another money maker like GTA Six? I would say two things on that. One is it sold thirty-seven million copies, which yeah, is like an unbelievably high game of all time. Yeah, it's it's. I, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's up there, um, but I mean, Minecraft would like easily beat it. Minecraft, um, there's a lot Tetris, of games that are a lot of games. Yeah, but um, it, it, this is this brought in fucking bank for them. They brought in 750 million in the first weekend alone, and I'm sure they've brought in I mean billions since. So I think I think that they can't gauge everything based on how well GTA five did. Otherwise they'll never be happy. You know what I mean? Like not the, the, the next GTA six, I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't sell as well as GTA five. Like if that was the pinnacle, like if that's really hard to, it's like PS two is like 155 million. That doesn't mean that PS three and PS four weren't worth it because they didn't sell 155. Like GTA is just like astronomical. And I think they also have said this second point. And I think they also have said that they want to make red dead a franchise. So, I think they are on that boat. Where they'll go with it from here, though, I don't know. There's a few different directions that they could go in. Dallas, we're, I, we were kind of talking a little bit, too, about where we want this to go from here. You had some good ideas. Um, well, I think I wouldn't... I, my hot take was that you play the next game of Sadie. Mm-hmm. I can see you know them leaning towards a female protagonist, but then you also mentioned that um, next GTA is supposed to be possibly a female. Lead. Yeah, um, it's probably going to do multiple protagonists like GTA Five, like but GTA one of them, 5. yeah, one of them's going to be a female. Apparently, she's the like brainy, tech smart, like does all the hacking kind of side stuff for for the whatever organization um, they're working for. You have no idea. Playing as Jack and getting redemption for what happened to his father at the end of the original. Red Dead, I think, would also mm -hmm. be a cool thing to witness, and and I definitely agree with the uh, storyline of Dutch. Like, it'd be cool to see yeah. how he became. I mean, you know, we technically know what happens to him, but you know, to see how he came up, formed the gang, you know, became the leader that he was, and uh, you know, maybe get a little of his point of view of what transpired especially you know we don't really know what happened to blackwater that led to all this yeah shit hitting the fan yeah. um you know what he was thinking when he sided with micah and and you know against author and how he felt about Arthur kind of going against him and um you know what he was thinking when you run into john on the mountaintop micah at the end there too be nice. see what happens to him after that where he goes after that I, I, He's in the first game, isn't he? Judge Vanderlyn. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the I don't whole point of the, much about the whole, this. whole point of the first game is to find him. Basically, the government comes to you, John, and they're like, "You, we need to hunt down Dutch. You have to go find him." Gotcha. Okay. Because I don't remember much about the first game at all. So 
That's why I wish they would just remake that. And like Chad said, perfect opportunity here. You don't have to put a ton of resources and production costs. You have that fucking map, all right? Like the world is in this game. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, you have assets. Just throw them over there and just, you know, write this. Like you don't even have to rewrite this. I don't know, whatever. It'd be great to see. I went to Armadillo and a few of the places from Red Dead 1, and it is like shot for shot the same thing. It was so nostalgic going down that hill over to armadillo and crazy yeah, yeah. So they totally could totally could um yeah i think the the dutch mandolin story would be really interesting because i think one of the things is that i the question i have about the character and this is like a good question to have is when did dutch start to lose control did he ever really have have control control yeah, yeah and i feel like a prequel could have could shine some really interesting light on that like how did he end up at the top of this gang did he do things to prove himself that way or was it such a mess he just kind of ended up being at the top and i really want to see that that story i think it'd be really unique but i also think sadie's story could be really good too because i i had totally again because i jumped back in in chapter four i totally forgot and then you rescue rescue her at the beginning and she's pregnant in the beginning i don't i don't remember what happens to her kid i don't remember what happens to any of that uh, does she have a kid? I don't, I don't remember her. She was pregnant. She was pregnant. Yeah. Was she? When you first find her, in the, yeah, in the beginning of the game. So I don't remember what happened. And I'm like, oh well, she's like this huge hard ass now. I'm like, I bet that's related. I need to go back and and play that and and see that. Um, because like her husband died right before the events of the game. Um, so she has a lot of tragedy there. And to kind of have her be this you know single outlaw on the road, or not even an outlaw, she's a bounty hunter. Yeah. That would be that'd be very cool. I also heard, and this is kind of aligned with your your uh, Jack idea, of having a Red Dead game that takes place during the Roaring Twenties, where outlaws start becoming organized crime in in cities during the Prohibition and that kind of stuff. I'm like that sounds amazing. Oh yeah. Um, because I think one of the things that's really that would carry a really interesting theme, I think, from this game. And one of my favorite parts of this game is this idea of the world is changing around you. Do you adapt to it or do you fight to maintain this way of life that you've enjoyed, even though there's about a zero percent chance you're ever going to be successful? And to be honest with you, they don't even their idea is to, to run from it. They don't even want to fight it. They, they're trying to. Yeah, like, they all want to go west where there's less civilization, less law mm-hmm. and Dutch brings him back east. He's like, no, we're going to go east. we got to find some money, and then we'll go west again. And everybody, you know, that's what the whole conflict is. It's like, they're like, you promise, not promise, but, you know, our goal was to get west. That money we had in, in Blackwater was going to get us west. Arthur and Hosea had a plan, and they were about to, to go through with it until Dutch and Micah had this other plan that screwed everything up, and they had to run. They yeah. retreated back into the mountains and then went east instead of west. It, it would be cool to see all that back, you know, like, oh, well, you couldn't go any further. You know, West isn't an option anymore. Now everything is here. You have to fight through it instead of run. Yeah. Through. There's a lot you can do with them. I think this is a really exciting franchise, and I can't wait to see where they they go forward with it. Um, I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, we're getting close when we should be recording the main episode now. So let's uh, kind of share our final thoughts on on the game, and then we'll wrap it up. Chad, your final I, thoughts I on the I've first two chapters of Red Dead. Say. It was a really beautiful, well-trained, awesome cat that I just didn't want. <laughs> um, I, I, I honestly think it's the greatest game I've ever paid, I've ever played. May it be the greatest game ever made. You know, 
production wise and scope and story characters i mean it's all just pinnacle pinnacle game making in my opinion that's the piece of open world you know to do it in an open world like that is quite the feat yeah i totally play agree it, it is it. A... And play it twice because i think once you build that relationship that's what i was telling holden like now that i have a relationship with some of these characters they they stand out a little more you know, like you won't forget Sean again. I guarantee you the second time you play through, you won't be like, oh, who was Sean? You you know, these <laughs> they stand out so much more once you build a relationship, care about these characters, care about, you know, um happens, their arcs, everything. It's it's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, what I that's... wish I had during it. Cause as you guys are talking about, like, oh my god, and then I fell in love with this character and oh my and there's like I literally, like, you say all these names, and all I th- picture is bland, dirty white guy, and I don't know which one's and, which. And, and we didn't even talk about, like, uh, Rainfalls and, and um, what was his father's name? Rainfalls is great. Like, oh, dude, the storylines with those guys, like, ah, oh, it's just so fucking good. So that good, was another, dude. like, really good moment for me, because when you were here, Chad, you um, were leaving, you were and finishing chapter one, you're leaving the mountains, and you're heading down to, to Valentine, or right. to the shoe, uh, Shoehorn um, Forge, uh, Shoe, oh, uh, Shoehorn Overlook? Sure, Shoehorn horse, Overlook, horse, yeah. Horseshoe Overlook, the Horseshoe Overlook. Horseshoe Overlook, yeah. Um, and you... Your wheel on your on your wagon breaks, and when it breaks, you're putting it on. You see uh, uh, three Native Americans up on a rock looking down at you. Those are characters that are vitally important to the last half, and I met them again to kind of set up that story for the last half. Right when you were in Texas, like the same day I saw this, the same day you um, saw them on the rock, and it was kind of cool to be like, oh wow, they set up so much in the beginning, and you see that when you're playing it again. So kind of what Dow saying, play it twice play it twice because like the first like several hours is playing of it excuse me i got so much more out of those first few hours than i did the first time and i really genuinely can't wait to play it again which is not something i say very often at the end of a barf episode especially when their game is this long um you know you're having having a conversation with jose while you're traveling through the wheel falls off you see them and he tells you their backstory he's like you know yeah they pushed all these native americans out of these lands like this is their lands. Now they're up in the fucking in the reserve, you know. And and the redemption arc, you get to help them. You know what I mean? Like you can mm-hmm. choose yeah. to help them or not, and that helps you. You know, it's just uh, it's just so fucking. That was nothing we didn't get time to go into. Is you know, you talk about like this is a little political, but like we talk about this time where it's like oh, and you know, we have to be historically accurate and and all these things. Therefore, we have all these bad characters because you know back then people said stuff like that. And I think there's validity to that sometimes, but I think Red Dead handles that perfectly, where the characters are all like willing to help out the the Indians. They they have this different take on the um. They, they find a bond with the Indians because they're feeling the same kind of constraints on them from the U.S. government. And they kind of do a really good job of telling these stories with characters who are not these um, hugely hateful like people who you – to be historically like you might have seen at the time. Like they, I don't know. They did a really good job with that of like saying, hey, here are the bad parts for history. Here are the good parts for history. And you're seeing that through the lens of these characters who I think are – outlaws so i guess maybe not the best moral agents but in a humanitarian sense 
in some respects <laughs> they were good they were good characters the good moral yeah. compass i don't know it just it struck me how well they walked that that balance really really well and i wanted to call that out too i'm not explaining it very well but hopefully you get what i mean i got gotcha. you cool all right, well, that is our Red Dead Redemption 2 barf discussion. Next month, we are doing, a, well, actually, technically this month now, we're doing a smaller game since we did Final Fantasy IX and Red Dead Redemption 2 back-to-back, two very, very large games. We're playing Katana Zero, so in about a few weeks, we'll be talking about that game. Started already. It's very good. We'll talk about that. And, Dallas, do you want to want to plug your, your shits, your pictures and your Twitters and your all that stuff? Plug I, it. My Twitter's... Uh, these many games. Oh man, these many games. It's on the right, I tell inside our, jokes screen right to like now. these two guys and two other guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can go back and if you're curious. Go back in his back and his in his history and just look at all his comments on um, pictures of food from Alex Cozina. That, that that'll be a good ten minutes of your that time. Like, that like put him into a whole new career. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Cook streamer now. Chad, plug something. Um, my butt. With what? Uh, with marshmallows. <laughs> and I'm holding the part of this is respawning fire at respawning fire on Twitter and all podcast services. And you have for a usual sign off. I'm heading to Chad because Chad does all the sign offs. Oh, we don't do usual sign offs on Barf. <laughs>